Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, October the 11th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. I'm coming to you today post our advanced Metcon session here. We actually got we got the band back together. And uh, a small group of us here, the diehards that really just are gluttons for pain. We uh, did our Sunday Advanced Metcon here outside uh, early this morning where it was actually cool enough. And uh, it's been a while, man. And it's been a while since I've ridden the assault bike that hard and skied and rode that hard and really just put together a workout that terrible at one time. Now, I, I hate myself enough most days to come in here and really get after some, some nasty stuff. But I usually play to my strengths and then I'll work on the things I need to get better at. But you never really quite kill yourself the same as when you have a group of people around in the community. That's why I always say working out, you know, with a team is better than just working out solo. You have to do the work by yourself. I understand that. And I do 90% of my workouts are by myself with the doors locked here, the lights turned off, and I just kind of go through my thing. And I'll kill myself on the loading and I'll do the sprint stuff because I'm better at that. But man, we're doing some 10 minute pieces today. And, uh, whole different level of misery so if I start coughing here I promise you I'm not sick it's just uh it's the the, the post Metcon Sunday sickness uh that the, the ski bike row flu that uh, that gets in your system but uh that's where I am today so uh, before I jump in in detail here to today's podcast a reminder you guys uh our homies over at Beam uh are the people I work with for all our CBD stuff uh you can always get 20% off from me on everything I take the tincture uh, almost every night, and I've been taking the Dream product every single night. And obviously, it has uh, CBD in there, it has a theanine, it has the uh, melatonin. And I find that I'm getting the deepest, most restorative sleep. And uh, it's not addictive. You don't wake up like super hungover, like if you were to take uh, like an Ambien or Lunesta or like the, the more harsh, in my opinion, pharmaceuticals. This is natural. Everything in there can work with your body. And again, uh, I feel motivated and I feel well rested when I wake up and I have to at least attribute some of it uh, to the CBD stuff because when I track it on the app and I can see I wake up far less now than I ever have even in this you know weird season of life that we've all been in I still got great quality restorative sleep in fact my body feels the best uh, that has felt so if you guys are interested in checking out that um, I can send you the link to get 20% off on all the beam CBD products that I take personally I take them for sleep my wife takes a lot of the stuff you're watching on YouTube right now. She'll actually take the salve, if you can see that. She'll take that, and uh, she'll do the tincture as well, and then she loves the Dream product. It comes in capsules and like a cinnamon uh, kind of powder, which almost acts like a tea before you go to bed. And it's great because obviously their stuff is, you know, it's THC-free. There's no GMOs. It's gluten-free. It's cruelty-free. They really do a really great job. We've had the founders on the podcast before. Those guys are super cool. So if you're interested, hit me up. I'll send you a link to save 20% off. And if you really want to try it, I think we have some of the Dream uh, sample caps here in the office. And Monica will be happy to send them to you guys. So hit me up. My gift to you. And again, I can't say enough about getting good restorative quality sleep, especially in a way that's not addictive and uh, and really is a detriment to your health. Because I know a lot of the pharmaceuticals that help people sleep, you know, it gets them to sleep. But A, they feel like they can never get off of it. And two, it they just do a lot of weird things to the body. So my gift to you guys, if you're interested. So with that, 
this podcast uh, came at a perfect time because, one, I am super hungry right now. It is 11.30, and I haven't eaten yet today. And we worked out with these guys very early today, which I rarely work out that early because my day is mostly filled with humans and uh, obviously research and podcasting and our stuff. And I have people intermittently coming in all the time. And usually I get to work out in the middle of the day. Most of my workouts happen around probably one between 1 and 4 o'clock most of the time. But uh, we got up early today and did, so I'm starving uh, way earlier than normal, which is fine. I'll just drink my coffee and I'll gut through it. But uh, this podcast came from my good friend BJ Gador, the Sultan of Sweat himself. And uh, he basically made a list of his top 10 you know, cheat meal damage control tips, which I thought was very well written and makes a lot of sense. Him and I are very similar in the way that we eat. We came to that conclusion on two different ends of the spectrum, but we met in the middle and uh, we share very similar ideologies about uh, fitness, about nutrition, and even some uh, some general life things. I guess that's why we have become good friends over the past uh, decade plus here. But he put out a great piece just walking through like, about cheat meals, um, kind of the top 10 protocols. I've talked about it before, what I do. I'm going to go more in depth here in detail and suggest what, you know, some of you guys should do. Actually, right now in our 28-day intermittent fasting for fat loss challenge, those guys are learning about it. Uh, I'm going to pop on after this podcast and and make them a quick video and kind of talk through how I do the weekend. And uh, hopefully it helps you guys to, you know, not only just enjoy food and drink and the social aspect of it, but enjoy time with friends and family and not to be so restrictive and so crazy and and be so hard on yourself. And I know there's a lot of people even who come here who have have known me for years, work with me for years, but maybe have never been out to dinner with me or have never uh, seen me in social settings. And a lot of times when I go to social events, I just kind of you know, drink coffee and water and, and do my thing. And I don't really indulge in all the stuff because it, it, whether it's the timing of it or my training or whatever it may be. But then if you go out to dinner with me, like I'm going to go out and, and enjoy the dinner for what the place is. Like if we go to, uh, let me example here in, in Scottsdale, Phoenix, there's a, there's a, there's a, there, first of all, Scottsdale. And if you've ever come here, shoot me a message and ask me what restaurants to go to. Cause there is literally hundreds that are amazing. Like I'm not even exaggerating. There is hundreds of amazing places here. And you would say, Jeremy, what's your favorite restaurants? I'm like, well, what, what kind of food are you talking about? It's become that much of like a culinary destination. And it's, it, I love it. Uh, it's a gift and a curse, right? Because it's like, you always have to avoid the places. And even once you find a place you like, it's hard to circle back to it because there's other new ones you want to try. But if we go to this place called Forno 301, which uh, my homie, uh, Steve, who comes here and trains with us, he had uh, told me about it, and it's like, you know, straight, like, legit Italian, and I've been to Italy, I've been lucky enough, we've been, you know, out to Rome, and then down to the old Malfi Coast, and Sorrento, and Capri, and all those places, and uh, it's legit, and it's a legit pizza place, so I'm not going to go to Forno, and it was like, I had pizza there, they did like this, uh, it's a cauliflower, uh, in like a bolognese sauce, it's like, I mean, it's amazing. It's epic. And it's a, it's a simple place, right? And it really did remind me of Italy because it's like, I think they have like five red pies and five white pies. And then they have Peroni's, the beer, and then like a house wine. Like it's very simplistic, the menu. And everybody there is from Italy who works there, which is amazing. And uh, they like wood fire the pizzas, very old school, uh, minimal ingredients. And it it tastes just like you're, you know, in Sorrento, if you will. 
And I'm not going to go to Forno and just get a salad. That seems ridiculous to me. I'm not going to go there and get, hey, can I, can I get a chicken salad? In fact, I don't think they serve one. I'm sure it's just like a, like a prise salad or something. But I would never do that. I'm not going to go to, in my opinion, the best burger in Scottsdale is at Roaring Fork, which is surprising to a lot of people. Uh, it's called the Big Ass Burger, actually. I'm not going to go to Roaring Fork and be like, yeah, can I get the salmon? Now, that's fine if you do, but I'm going there for the burger because the burger is the most epic thing. The salmon I can get anywhere. I can make that shit at my house. I can't replicate the burger there. So I am a real person. I do do real stuff. I just don't do it that often because I have certain goals. And more importantly than that, even though I do take my shirt off and we get paid money for that shit, I like to feel good. That's the biggest driver. I want to be a healthy person. I know if I eat a certain way, sometimes it doesn't agree with me and it can make me feel lethargic and bloated and almost like sick and almost like you have allergies, right? Like, it's, you know, if you eat stuff sometimes, like you're, you're more congested, you know, your, your mucus thickens, uh, your digestive system is off. Like, I just don't like to feel like shit. So I am a real person. I do all the real things. I just do it in a way that, you know, makes sense. And obviously I've been living this life since I was probably, 22 or three years old, somewhere in there. Now, obviously in college I would lift and would train, but it, it wasn't quite this, but I've been, uh, I've been mastering the, uh, the, the cheat meal game here for, you know, almost 20 years. And, uh, I've talked about it many times before as my wife and I have, uh, deep down, I'm a, I'm a fat kid inside for sure. I, uh, I have a tendency to overeat when I start to grab stuff and eat it. It, it avalanches into to multiple bad decisions. I basically do that with everything in my life, um, whether it be alcohol or you know drugs or anything. I have a, a highly addictive personality, and I know that. And so I've gotten way better. I'm old now, so it's uh, it's become a lot easier because I've had a lot of practice and I've failed and, and fucked up a lot. But uh, it is hard for me to do things in moderation and. Food is, is still a, a tough one. That's why my wife and I buy a lot of single serving stuff and, uh, you know, try to really not put ourselves in positions to be unsuccessful. It's like you don't give, you know, an alcoholic a drink. It's kind of that same scenario, right? And so I don't buy, you know, the giant Costco sized bags of chips or like, you know, I'm trying to think of like if Costco sells like giant boxes of cereal, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it's just a recipe for disaster. I would never do that. I try to not do things that are going to drag me down. But with that said, my approach to food has, has been you know, pretty simple for, you know, the last probably 17, 18 years during the week, or for me, it's usually six days a week or every meal, but one or two meals. So that's how I kind of go through my cheat meal protocols for everybody who's interested. So if I eat once or twice a day, every day, for either six or the seven days, all those meals have this, you know, and I'm going to quote BJ here with a monk like focus of discipline, just to be able to shove my face with one or two meals that I really enjoy uh, over the weekend. And uh, it's a it's a motivating factor for me, most definitely. It does help me uh, you know, extend my fasts and really kind of plan things out mentally as I go. And I wouldn't say it's the the main focus of what I do because I do exercise to, to be healthy and fit, but I also do it to be uh, a fat kid for, uh, for, for, for one or two meals a week. And I think that's totally healthy. I know there'd be some 
people and psychologists saying, well, you should only do it for health reasons and you shouldn't. Yeah, you can say all that, you know, ideal, you know, it's in a perfect world. Yeah, we would all be that. But let's be real. Some of us like to eat pizza. Some of us like to eat cinnamon rolls. Some of us like to crush wine or drink beer. And I think that's okay if it fits into you and your personality type and knowing what you can or can't handle. So I do eat perfect basically every meal of the week except one or some weeks two, depending on A, how hard I've trained, what I'm actually eating, and what I'm going to be doing the, the next day, if that makes sense to you. And I'm going to give you a real example of what's going to you know, transpire here today. And uh, you guys can be the judge of it. And hopefully it helps you. So, and I'm not, again, the, the full disclaimer, I'm not saying you should eat the way that I eat. I would never suggest that. Uh, you're not me. You don't want to live my life. You don't want to wake up when I wake up and go to bed when I go to bed and train like I train. And it's just, you don't want to be me. You really don't. Uh, I can't say enough. I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm happy to, to live this life and it works for me and my personality type, but I can promise you to most of you listening, we are not the same person, definitely. And even on top of that, it is, you know, Terminator-like as I am with obsession and uh, focus. It's taken me a ton of years to really fine-tune this way of eating and make it effective for me in my life so I can be happy uh, and healthy. And so I say BJ and I kind of met in the middle and I bring him up because he is naturally like a heavyweight. So he naturally is a bigger dude. Like we, him and I probably weigh almost the same today. We probably weigh damn near the exact same and we're damn near the exact same height, but I'm naturally like a lightweight. I'm naturally a super skinny dude. So before I met him, I was a hundred and probably 65, 70 pounds. And he was probably 310 pounds. And that's what I mean by he's naturally, when he's 21, I think we met like probably let's say 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that. He's naturally 300 pounds at age 21 and I'm 170. So that's two different humans. So the way that he's going to do it is probably going to differ a little bit way that I do it. I do stuff my face and I've always thought, you know, I was like the king of overeaters and, and very few people could overeat me. And I'll share the story quick and then I'll get into the 10 tips for you guys to get you out of here quickly. Uh, we had just filmed a men's health project. Uh, it was the Meta Shred Extreme. So it was the full the full uh, DVD series with me. Uh, and so I did. So this is how it works. BJ created this program, which is terrible, by the way. I still have emotional uh, scars from it. And uh, so he created this program, and then I was the advanced level. So the hardest version of this program was me. And so what that means is that when you film, I do all the hardest shit. Hannah Eden, if you guys know Hannah, uh, I'm sure most of you do. If you're on Instagram, she has red hair, she's beautiful, she's a freak show, uh, stronger than most dudes. Hannah did the level two stuff. And then Alexia Clark, which most of you guys know Lex too. I've had Lex on the podcast a couple of times. Alexia did the easiest version. Now... For the body weight shit, we should have flipped it around. Alexi could have done the the hardest stuff, and Hannah be in the middle and give me the easy shit. But hence, you know, it's men's health, so they make the dude, you know, do the the hardest stuff. And so, it uh, it killed me that whole week. Just my body's just beat to shit. And you still have to look the. And here's what you do too. This was and this is my side rant. You have to look the part, obviously, uh, but you have to also perform. So you have to be able to talk and do the movements 
and be on camera. So you can't eat like shit. So you have to be lean and perform. And you're with like, we're our freaks. We're all four of us are freaks. BJ's a freak. I'm a freak. Hannah's a freak. Alexia's a freak. So you have this level, uh, which you're going to look like. And so you can't eat like shit during the, the filming of it. And I remember what they, first of all, what they do is they do the photo shoots at the end of the week, which is completely asinine to me. We, we all showed up super ripped already. Do the photo shoots early. And then let us eat some food during the week so we can kind of get going. But they do the photo shoots at the end of the week, which you are even leaner. I uh, give them that. But it's like, it just really sucked. Anyways, that's me uh, just bitching about the, the process of uh, production. And anyways, we film, we wrap up, we do everything. And at the time, we're out in uh, Pennsylvania, which uh, Men's Health uh, headquarters is at. And we go to Five Guys. And I'd only probably been to Five Guys, I think, before that, like once in my entire life, I didn't, I didn't have it when I grew up as a kid, obviously. And then I moved out here to the West coast and, uh, I was just an in and out guy forever. And I like both. They're both, they both have things that are, you know, good and bad about them. And so anyways, we go to five guys and BJ orders. Um, and I order. And first of all, I think each of our orders was like $30, which is ridiculous. That's five, it's five guys just being 30 bucks for a meal. I think I had two of the lettuce wrapped uh, bacon cheeseburgers, which each one is two patties, and their their burgers are good uh, with bacon with cheese, a large Cajun fry, and then like probably like a diet, you know, Coke or something. And it was like twenty eight bucks, and I ate all that. And that's a shit ton of food. And if you ever go to Five Guys, you know it's to like basically fill half the bag with fries. And so I eat all of that, and I'm stuffed. And this is probably at I don't know, say four o'clock. And then we're all eating there. So all four of us are eating at Five Guys. And he's like, okay, um, we're going to, you know, uh, Naomi, uh, BJ's wife, is like, we're going to take you guys all out uh, to dinner tonight at 8 o'clock at our favorite uh, Mexican restaurant. He's like naming off all the food. And I'm like, that's when I knew right there. I'm like, this dude is fucking crazy. Because I'm like, I crushed all that food, which, and again, it just sits obviously in your gut. It's a lot. I'm like, that would be just like what I would do as my cheat meal for the whole day and call it quits but this dude is going to eat another meal four hours later which was like and again it was like i forget what we got there it was like obviously all the chips and salsa fajitas uh these polenta fries all this different shit and i'm like and he's just crushing all that and i'm like i oh, i ate but he is a different level of a beast and that's the difference between like a heavyweight and a lightweight and like anything in life, it's why I always say like, you know, there's, there's levels to this shit, right? Like you're, you're good at golf and then you play golf with tiger and you realize how much better a golf tiger is than you. And so when it comes to eating, I can out eat most people, but then when you meet a natural heavyweight, you realize they can out eat you all day long. And so BJ is that. So I am the naturally skinny dude. He's the naturally bigger dude. And now we kind of met in the middle based on how we eat, but we do share a lot of the same, you know, cheap meal you know, kind of damage control protocols. And starting with that, the first one, protein, produce is still a priority and always will be. You have to eat real food most of the time. And that is the key. You, you don't abandon your weekly kind of weekday diet. That's what a lot of people, I think, get confused. They do a bunch of bullshit during the week and then, you know, lose control on the weekends. You can't do that. You just have to really, I always call it suffer in silence. And you have to really just eat boring stuff at home with you or your wife or whatever. 
if you're going to indulge and go crazy like I would do, obviously, on the weekends. You know, the way that I think of it is finding, you know, the, the three, four, five meals that are real food-based that you can eat during the week. That's the key. And uh, I'm, I'm not saying I don't eat anything unperfect during the week, but it's pretty basic and it's pretty plain. If you guys ever watch my Instagram stories, it's a lot of eggs. It's a lot of chicken sausage. It's a lot of ground turkey. It's a lot of steak. It's a lot of uh, shrimp. Uh, we do a lot of Brussels sprouts. We do a lot of asparagus. It's really basic stuff. We do salads to go a ton. So starting with like a big ass salad is, is a lot of a lot of the food that I eat. And uh, in between there, I don't mess around a ton. I don't, you know, stop and get chips and, and cookies and those things because I just if I if we have them in the house, we're gonna eat them. I'm just if it's there, it's just too tempting. And I'm pretty good if things aren't open. But once the bag is open, it's kind of like, you know, you've unleashed the gates of hell. And then I'm just going to stuff my face until it's gone. And uh, so the key is protein, produce, and water. Wash, rinse, repeat. Eat real food during the week. Find your four or five kind of go-to meals. Make sure they're in check with your macros. And do that and really be diligent on the days you need to be diligent. Don't mess up on a Wednesday just because you got lazy or you didn't want to do it. Don't eat your feelings. Just really have this kind of strict regimented schedule. That's why I do love fasting so much because it gives me a set of rules to follow. I, I like I like control, obviously, uh, and I like having a set of rules and, and kind of a, a code that you live by. I do it with everything in my life, honestly. Some of it consciously, some of it subconsciously, some of it is written down, like an actual like action steps. Like I've, I look over at Monica's desk, like there's like a minimum standards daily checklist that Jeremy Scott Fitness that we all have here that we follow that I wrote down. Now, do I have to write that and post it on the wall? I don't because she's, you know, been here forever. Like she knows what to do, but we have the procedures in place, but I also have them with how I eat with how I wake up, with how I go to sleep. We all have these routines. You have a morning routine, you have a nightly routine. Whether you have it written down or not, you have the same, most of you, the same exact routine you follow. At least I do for almost everything. For mobility, for training, and you can always ebb and flow, but the food I think is key. So if you know I'm gonna eat around these times, I'm gonna eat probably these meals every day, and I'm gonna eat this food inside these meals, is gonna be crucial. So during the week, if you guys want to live it up on the weekends, protein, produce, water, wash, rinse, repeat inside your macros, and you'll be a-okay. The next one, you got to make it a meal and, and not a full day or an entire weekend. And so unless you are, you know, a pro athlete or a college athlete and you're training 10 hours a day, you can kind of, you know, kiss that whole day of shit eating or the whole weekend of, of crap eating goodbye. Because even a full day is pushing it for most people and their metabolisms. I just don't think you could come back from that. And I personally find like a 60-minute window or at the most like a two-hour window uh, is good for most people. Uh, I know BJ you know, has like a four- to six-hour window. But again, he's naturally a giant fat dude. And I'm naturally like, you know, Christian Bale from The Machinist. So I six hours way too much for me. I'm never going to... I, I can't even physically, I'd be like force feeding, you know, the, the delicious food in my mouth. It doesn't work for me. So I like to do, if it's a Saturday night or for me, it's usually Saturday night and Sunday. Rarely do I do stuff like on a Friday night because for me, again, it's my life schedule. I wake up super early on Saturday and we're in here. Um, I don't want to feel lethargic or have any of the hangover effects. We film a lot of content. So like having abs with like a, a coma food, 
baby is not uh, ideal, but I like to keep it, you know, to like an hour or two window at the most. And if that's once or, or twice a week, that works for me. Uh, the second, or excuse me, the third thing, I think you should start 4 p.m. or later. Now, this is something that BJ and I have talked about many times before. It's like if you start your day with pancakes, the rest of the day is dog shit. It's probably one of the worst choices you can make. And I've shared this before, like being at Starbucks at 4 in the morning and listening to the, the girl ahead of me order like a, a fucking muffin and a caramel you know, whipped cream frappuccino. And I'm like, lady, it is 4.40 in the morning. The rest of your day is garbage. Like you're not going to order a salmon salad at lunch and you're not going to have an amazing workout and you're not going to just eat, you know, chicken and asparagus for dinner because you've just filled your face with 100 grams of sugar and 40 grams of fat that none of it is real and nothing is doing anything for you. That's a terrible choice. And that's just a person living normal life. So that's why I say skipping breakfast, if that's your breakfast option, is way better. But starting your cheat process, if you will, or your food enjoyment process after four is probably the best. I think the earlier you start, the worse the day is going to be. And I also don't think you're going to get a lot done during the day. I couldn't imagine waking up, you know, at my house. My life is so strange at this point. And that's why I always say, like, you know, make sure the juice is worth the squeeze for you guys and, and live a balanced life, whatever that means for you. And don't try to emulate what I do because you you don't want to do what I do. It's so, it just works for me. And I have a process. And you listening, you have a process as well. But I couldn't imagine, like, Heather, me waking up and saying, hey, Heather, let's go grab uh you know, pancakes and, uh, you know, French toast at 8 a.m. at the local uh, restaurant on a Sunday. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of you, if you take your kids and your wife and that's what you do and that's your process, I think that's utterly amazing. And I think you should do that. I go, but I would get nothing done. Like I would feel like a complete bloated piece of shit if that was my day. So I personally don't do things like that. I wait till later in the day because I don't mind feeling like a, a slob with a full belly at eight o'clock at night on a Saturday, but I would at 9am on a Saturday, if that makes sense to you guys. And also I think the less of the day that still exists, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not going to make as many poor choices because I'm going to get tired and go to sleep because I basically am on like a 90 year old schedule at this point. So starting after four o'clock is probably ideal. I tend to find dinners work better for the cheats and the treats than earlier stuff like, you know, breakfast or brunch or lunch. But I'm just sharing with you my personality type. Some of you are completely different. But if I know if, for me personally, if I make a shit choice at breakfast or lunch, the rest of the day is done. Even as diligent as I am, it's just going to be really hard for me to be motivated to eat my same Cobb salad after I just had pizza three hours before. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It's more mental than anything, but that's just how I process it. So I think if you start later in the day, you're going to be better off. Number four, I think you should bookend your cheat meals with intensive training. You know, depleting your body of stored nutrients makes your muscles like sponges for those treats and drinks and whatever you're going to have. And I think the extra calories and the carbohydrates can also be, you know, an X factor in your growth or your recovery or your gains for all your bros out there. And uh, there's certainly a potential for an epic high energy training session the next day. And this is where I'll talk about my schedule a little bit. What I usually do, <clears throat> if I'm going to do two cheat meals in a week, let's say, or two meals that aren't ideal. And when I say cheat meals, I don't just mean I'm going to eat complete shit. I still try to get 
stuff that agrees with my body. I'm not going to eat things that makes me feel like, like garbage. I just won't do it. And at this point, I know I have enough of body awareness to know what makes me feel good and what makes me feel like trash. And I stay away from those things. But I'm going to give you a real-time example. It is October the 11th right now. <clears throat> My mom and uh, and Dave were here for almost two weeks, traveling around Arizona, <clears throat> stayed with us a little bit because my wife stayed at all these fancy resorts here, which is always super fun. And uh, they were up in Sedona doing a lot of cool things. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, here again, that's that ski, bike, and row cough, man. It just, it never fails, dude. It just gets you. If you push it, that scar tissue in your lungs just keeps coming up. I apologize, everybody. But uh, anyways, their last night was with us last night, and uh, they came in here, worked out. Heather and I podcast yesterday. I finished a bunch of work. I, I sped home so I could hang out with them and stayed up you know, way too late, but that's what you do when family's around. And uh, they're like, well, what do you want to do for dinner? I'm like, well, we can do anything. And uh, I think, you know, because the world is, is strange, you know, we try to do, you know, I'm, I'm all for going, you know, to restaurants and places. I want to support everybody. It's cool. But sometimes it's just nice when your family's around. And my wife is in a great job. Like our backyard is beautiful. We have a pool, all these fire pits, super cool stuff. And uh, they just like hanging out at our house because the weather's perfect. They live in, you know, Detroit, not quite the same as Scottsdale in terms of weather. So like, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I can go pick up stuff from this place called Pitch, which, hey, their food is amazing. If you come to Scottsdale, check it out. It's well worth it. And there's one in like Omaha, Nebraska, and maybe one in like Austin, Texas too. There's not a bunch. But uh, anyways, it's Friday night. Or no, Saturday night, excuse me. I don't even know what date it is. It's Saturday night, and I go, I pick up some pizzas. Uh, they have these amazing onion rings, uh, meatballs. There was uh, French fries and uh, truffle fries they had, and uh, crab cakes. I think that was everything we picked up. And I just got it for everybody. And uh, I ate some pizza last night, had some of the onion rings, and uh, what else did I get them? I picked up some crumble cookies for them, too, because they, they found out about crumble cookies, and those are like, they're a lot. Crumble cookies are amazing too. So I picked up crumble cookies. We like to, to, my wife and I are similar in that way. She is way better than me. She's actually hiking stone right now with one of her friends who's never been. We like to spend money and time on experiences for ourselves, but for other people too. So when people come here, we want them to have the best time possible. We want them to try all the the food that we like. We want them to try all the drinks we like. We like to, them to experience all the hikes and the nature and the places that we like and all the fun things that we get to do. And so I like to give that back to, obviously, the people that are closest to me, friends and family. And so I ate all the things last night because I knew, and I didn't eat the whole day. So I fasted the whole day, and that's what works for me. You know, just drinking water and coffee the whole day, being super hydrated, still taking athletic greens and, you know, my spirulina and all the normal stuff I do, but just no actual food. And I eat the pizza last night, later. And we stay up late, have a fire, and just talk. I say goodbye to him this morning, and I come in here, and I do this terrible Sunday Advance Metcon. And I had a ton of energy and I felt great doing it. Now I feel like a, a bag of shit now just because it, it beats the hell out of your body. But I, I'm not that I don't have energy. It's just like my body is sore and I'm old, but I feel great. And that cheat meal last night turned into this epic high energy training session today where I can still come in here and work, do a podcast. I'll go through mobility after this. I'll go through my vitamin D walk. I still have energy to do stuff because I had this abundance of calories last night. And that is where I'm taking advantage of the calories and the carbohydrates. That can be, again, an X factor in my energy levels today, in my growth, in my recovery. And if I fast all day today, I might go back to eating a normal meal or I would do my second sheet meal tonight. 
if that makes sense to you guys. And so I would eat two meals in the week, and then I'll fast all day tomorrow, have an epic training session, and then eat perfect Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then we'll figure it out from there. That's what works for me, but I always bookend my stuff with the intense training sessions. And so yesterday, not to skip ahead, but before I, I headed home, I worked here all day, Heather and I did the podcast, then I ran through a bunch of mobility, and I did a hard-ass workout here yesterday. So I'm bookending my cheat meals with a hard-ass workout before, have the cheat meal, and then wake up and have a hard-ass workout afterwards. And if I do eat something tonight, I would do the same exact thing, where I did the hard-ass workout this morning, fasted most of the day, ate a, a meal that was probably less than ideal, and then Monday, wake up and crush it again. So that is what works for me personally. And again, I try to eat things that still do agree with my body. There's certain things that I just can't do. Like I don't eat things that are spicy. And there's a certain things where if I put them in, I'm like, Ugh, it's not going to end well. Like overly, you know, a ton of like heavy food. Does I don't eat a ton of pastas and breads and cereals and those things even though i love them if we get pizza like these are the wood-fired pizzas they're they're razor thin there's not that much to them so i try to get the things that i know i'm going to do better with not that i don't love a lot of the other stuff i just know it doesn't work for me in uh, my genetic body type if you will so number five eat light on the day of the main event now if you want to go high you need to go low it's all about factoring in the calorie balance over the course of obviously each week. Um, and I personally don't do anything before my cheater treat meals. I know BJ typically does a protein shake and some amino acids like midday on his cheat days. I tend to do nothing. But again, I fast typically longer than he does. Um, but that works for me because I can run off nothing, off coffee and water and just you know, unicorn tears is basically what, uh, what fuels my life. And, uh, you know, and you're just, you're just motivated and I, I just do better with the fasting stuff. So I think if you're going to eat super heavy, you got to do light probably before and after, if that's the way that you're going to do it. I would, and when I say light, if you still want to eat real food and then have a, you know, a, a cheat dinner with your friends and family, I would say, keep it to leaner proteins that are less fat heavy. So probably like your chickens, uh, and your fishes, and keep it greens and don't eat a bunch of, you know, heavy carbohydrates and heavy fats on those days. So you can create, you know, somewhat of a, a calorie deficit. And I think that just works better. And if, or if you can fast, then you can fast. And again, I'm just saying what works for me and what I think is the smartest things to do. You guys make your own choices. And I'm not telling you to get into this roller coaster of eat healthy, eat shit, eat healthy, eat shit. You find the balance that works for you. I'm just sharing with you what I have done over the years and what I've, you know, found to kind of master my life. And the reason I say that is because it's more fun for me to be able to do that with my family at home as opposed to be like, well, I can't because I'm only going to have one piece of pizza and then I'm just going to eat like a salad. And that's fine if that's who you are, but I don't want to be that weirdo person. I, I've lived... I've lived that life before long enough and uh, it's just not fun, dude. It's not fun going somewhere... And uh, for me, eating out of Tupperware and toting that shit around and doing that. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't want to have any interest anymore. And so for me, fasting and delaying gratification and then being perfect always on my own has allowed me to do that and indulge. And so when like somebody comes to town, I might be able to eat stuff, you know. And again, we also met them at a resort here during the week. And you can eat, and eat healthy during those meals. You don't have to, you know always indulge and always eat shit. You really just plan for it. But 
doing it this way and having like, you know, Heather and I not uh, eat trash like on a Wednesday night allows us to go out and indulge and have these experiences with friends and family who maybe they're, again, they're on vacation. So this is their vacation life, even though it's our, you know, quote unquote, real life, they're on vacation mode. And so we want to enjoy vacation mode with them. The problem is we live here and so many people want a vacation here. So we have to be very diligent on our own if we want to indulge with friends and family. And I do think it's important and it's fun, man. It's fun to take people to fun places that you enjoy and you like. And it's not just about the food, it's the experience and everything else. Or if you pick it up, it's about you, you know, you know, sharing that experience in your home because it, it is a, it is a very social thing that we do as people. Number six, fast the next day until dinner if possible, which I've touched on before. If you can take 24 hours to digest your cheat meals and your drinks, um, that's probably key. Pound water the next day, get a good sweat in like I did today, and uh, let your system kind of clear out. You know what I'm talking about. You know, if you pound a bunch of water and you exercise and you're drinking your coffee, you're probably going to, you know, poop a lot of that stuff out and you're going to sweat it out and you're just going to feel better overall. And obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, again with that ski cough, you know, protein is fine and the green veggies are fine, but I, like I said, keep the fats and the carbs low so you guys can optimally get the best results. And definitely, you know, don't eat again the next day until you're hungry. So if you ate a huge meal last night, like if you had pizza and wings and those things, don't wake up the next day and, and pound a pancake breakfast. I think that's utterly ridiculous. I think it's going to be counterproductive and it's going to make you feel like shit. Your body can your body can survive a long time without food. It really can. Your body can survive a long time without eating food. So if you just ate 3,000 calories last night at dinner, you can fast the entire next day. If you really find you're, you're starving at noon or something, obviously do what you have to. Again, protein, produce, water, but stay really hydrated. And uh, it's going to come in waves. Hunger comes in waves. It really does. You're not starving all day, every day. You might be hungry for 20 minutes and it goes away for an hour and it might come back and then it goes away. So it's just kind of, you know, weathering the storm, especially if, if you overindulge. And I think you'll feel better the longer the day goes on. And it teaches you to go without and you're delaying gratification and you're learning more about yourself. And there is a mental clarity that comes with fasting and all the other benefits. But if you are going to cheat on like a Friday or Saturday night, if you can fast until the next day for 24 full hours, I think that's key. And again, you're still eating every day. So if you ate your, you know, cookies and ice cream and French fries at six o'clock on Saturday night, maybe wait till six o'clock on Sunday if you can take it. But again, we're all a little bit different. Number seven, make cleaner choices when possible. And so you don't have to always just be a fat slob. For example, if you're going to eat chips, you can make better choices when you eat chips. I know BJ is a big fan of like avocado oil instead of like the inflammatory vegetable seed oils. Um, and the calories are, are probably going to end up being the same, maybe more, maybe less. But, you know, short term versus, you know, long term health consequences, you know, are, you know, what's going to be the difference there. I'm not telling you you can't go eat Doritos, but there's a lot of people that make different variations of chips and different things. And so there's still better ways you can do it. Now, I know he's a big fan of like eating, you know, Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I don't go that route just because like the, that stuff does tend to jack me up and I don't want to be, you know, sitting on the toilet, like, uh, you know, dumb and dumber, you know, blowing that thing up. But, uh, I think for me, Halo Top and the Enlightened does it. It does the trick and I really do enjoy those. And 
that has saved my wife and I a ton. We used to always go to like, you know, the frozen yogurt places with all the toppings, but we haven't been there in probably five or six years at least. And, uh, I think the halo top and the lighten is a more, it's a more calorie conscious choice, but it's a, it is a healthier choice overall. There's less sugar, there's less added bullshit. And that's what I tend to do. And so again, if you can make a cleaner choice, even when you're enjoying things, I think you're gonna be better off for it. And again, it's not about calories. Sometimes it is about the ingredients that make up the food itself. And we get so hung up on sometimes on calories, which obviously is important and plays a factor, but so does you know what goes into the food we're eating. Which leads me to number eight, limiting the liquid calories. And it's a great rule for the week that holds true for the cheat meals as well. You know, fill up with food, which is a more lasting and satisfying experience in my opinion. But if liquids are that important to you, then I think you need to uh, cut back a little bit on the solid foods to kind of balance it out. And I don't know how to judge. Um, I give the example of Forno again. Um, not a huge a beer fan i'm pretty picky honestly when it comes to it i think a lot of beers taste like uh you know dirty bath water and uh i'm just not into it i know i'm not knocking anybody like who's into the breweries and trying 19 different kinds of beers the same thing way people do wine i'm more inclined to do that with like a whiskey or something i just don't because it's a dangerous game and i'll be you know i'll be the guy headbutting walls again before you know it but I do notice a difference with whiskeys, and I, and I always have as a kid. We used to drink wild turkey in college and all this shit, and then you just you evolve from there. And the point is, is that I'm not going to waste it on liquid calories. Now, if we go to Forno, like I've talked about before, the pizza place, the Italian one, I do like the Peronis, and Peronis is your Italian beer. But it reminds me of being in Italy, so there's this kind of weird sentimental thing. Or it reminds me of sitting you know, in Positano at the beach club with my wife on like the black sand beach, like just pounding the beers. And it just like brings me like, oh man, I remember being there. And because I ate pizza there every day on our Italy trip was, was amazing. So I might go out and have like a beer or two with the pizza and that's it. But I'm not going to sit and drink, you know, 14 drinks. And most times, 99% of the time, we don't I don't drink alcohol at home, so it's just like I'm just having the solid foods. But if you're a person who loves wine with a cheat meal, that's fine. If you like beer with your pizza, I think that's fine. But don't go crazy. And I always say, like, pick your battle. Either you're going to drink your cheats or you're going to eat your cheats. Try not to mix the two like crazy. And that doesn't mean you can't have a a balance there with them. I just know a lot of people will get they'll get shit-faced, and then they'll eat complete shit. So now they have, like, they're basically merging, you know, two terrible things at once together so they have an abundance of alcohol and abundance of calories and they mash them all up which the more we drink our inhibitions are lowered typically the poorer choices we make we give a fuck way less and then that kind of is a spiral out of control so wherever the balance is for you guys obviously you make it i do know certain things pair well together like if we go to dinner certain places you know my wife might like to have wine with the dinner and even if you look at some of the beers now like in scottsdale they're like a scottsdale blonde and it'll be like you know pairs well with fish tacos i'm not debating that we were in san diego and in california when you order uh, a beer you have to order food or at least in san diego you did i'm maybe it's everywhere but so they're in if you're in Coronado, like by Del Mar, there's this little uh, beach bar. And they do make amazing fish tacos. And so every time you order a beer, you got to get a taco. Um, which is great. It's fine. I love them too. And they do. And I'm like, wow, 
you know what? I don't, I don't want to order this taco because I don't want to eat it right now, but it's pretty amazing. And so I'm like, this beer goes great with these fish tacos. And so I do understand that, but just be very diligent when you're making those choices and try not to go too crazy on both ends of the spectrum. Number nine, you got to make it count, man. I've talked about this before many times. You got to make your cheat meals count. Now, you've earned this. You've earned it. You've put the time in. You've worked your ass off. You've melted your face off for this during the week, both inside and outside of the gym. You've trained. You've done split squats. You've done burpees. You pushed a sled. You ran your ass around. You ate the same lame-ass egg whites and those shitty salads that you probably didn't want to eat during the week. And I don't mean shitty like bad, but it's just like it gets boring. You know, I eat the same thing all the time. And I do generally like it, but I don't like, you know, the chicken salad I eat as much as french fries. Let's just being completely honest. I don't overeat on Brussels sprouts like I do cinnamon rolls. So when I say it, you've earned it during the week, both inside the gym and inside the kitchen. So if you've done that, if you've paid the price, my friends, then there's nothing to be guilty about. If you have done the work in the gym and you know you've busted your ass and you know you've eaten right all week, do not feel guilty about this. Do not have this eater's remorse. Don't call yourself a fat ass. Don't beat yourself up over it. Just enjoy it, dude. Be a real fucking human for once and just be cool with it. I do not have eater's remorse. I've had drinker's remorse before, usually because you're puking in the toilet, you feel like a bag of shit, or you did some stupid stuff. That, But again, I'm talking in my young 20s. In my older life, I don't. If I go out and have two beers, it's fine. Uh, did I drink anything yesterday? I didn't. I just had the pizza with those guys. But... Um, if we go places, uh, we took them to the, to the uh, I went to the Hudson in Sedona, amazing restaurant, by the way. And uh, we ate outside. It's uh, it's all outside. This upper deck overlooks. In Sedona, there's not a, a terrible view. But I was just there, and I'm like, I'll take a Stella with this uh, chicken sandwich. And we did that, like, that was my cheat meal, like, a week ago. And uh, I don't, I enjoyed it. It's fine. Like, reward yourself. And make sure you properly reward yourself with the peak kind of end of the week experience, right? Like it becomes this event, at least in, in my mind it does. Because there's nothing worse than waking up unsatisfied the next days, knowing you got to go six more days before you can do this shit again. And the story I always share is when I was um, dead broke. And I really got into this 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 life, if you will. And I remember because I had no money, and uh, I graduated college. The world it kind of melted down. The financial, you know, uh, crisis shit, and just it was a different time. And I wasn't really getting a lot of uh, love on the on the job fronts. And that was right before I moved uh, down here to Scottsdale. So I end up like most college kids. I go out, I try some stuff. It doesn't work. I end up back, uh, you know, living with my old man uh, during the summer before I decided to move down here. And uh, I would train. I would go to the YMCA and uh, bust ass, like doing, just training my ass off, like doing all the bodybuilding stuff, like all the stuff that got me really into this life. And I would train fucking hard, man. I always would train hard. I'm going to say that. Like, I'm not a bullshitter. Um, I'll, I'll damn near kill myself if I have to. Now I'm older and I'm smarter now, so I know I don't have to do the same stupid shit. But I would train super hard. And I had no money, so I'm living with my old man. And, uh, you know, just eating the basic stuff during the week, you know, ground beef and 
eggs and oatmeal. Uh, I did a lot of ground turkey uh, together and a lot of tuna and oatmeal mixed together. So again, living that, that budget, baller on a budget life. And it would get to be, you know, I'll do my cheat meal then on Saturday nights. And uh, not a lot of choices for a dude as broke as me back then. And uh, I remember sometimes I would go to like Taco Bell. So again, you, I am 24 years old. I don't have any money. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to Taco Bell. And sometimes you would get Taco Bell and it'd be like really good. Right, like they just made, like the workers gave a shit that day, and you just got there, and I would get what would I do? I would do I don't even know the numbers anymore, but it'd be like three hard shell tacos, a soft shell taco, um, an order of nachos with an extra cup of nacho cheese, and a Mountain Dew. That would be my jam when I was 24 years old. Again, I've come a long way as a human. And uh, you pull up, and sometimes it was just fresh. It was hot. It was dope. I'd get the fire sauce packets, put them on there. Obviously, feel like shit the rest of the night. Shit my pants the next day. But hey. You do it when you're 24. and uh, But sometimes you would go, and the workers didn't care. And those tacos have been sitting there for a long time. And like maybe the soft shell, the, the shell was stale. Maybe they kind of sloppily put the tacos together. The chips were stale. And it just, it wasn't a great experience. And I always would be so fucking pissed when I got home. And I'd be so mad. I'm like, damn you, Taco Bell workers. Why don't you care for your eight bucks an hour? Because... I died in the gym all week for this, and now, A, I don't have any more money because I'm broke as shit, and two, I got to wait a whole other week because I'm going to eat it because I got no other choice, and it just really would be demotivating, and it would uh, it'd be very depressing for those small moments, and so uh, I say make sure it's worth it, and, and go places and have experiences and do these things with friends and family if you're a person who is as rigid as I am. Because I think it makes all the difference in the world. And it it allows you to be, quote unquote, like a normal person and experience like amazing restaurants and these culinary, you know, works of art with people uh, who you're around. And it's their memories you have and they're fun. And and I wouldn't trade them for the world. And I really do make a point to delay gratification for those things. And, And again, this year has been obviously super strange. But even recently, Heather and I met our one of my very good friends, I'll bring uh, Dave Dries is his name. I'll bring Dave on the podcast. He's got an amazing story. Uh, he's lived a pretty fun, you know, uh, adult life here. And uh, we, we met his baby out to dinner. And I'm like, I had a couple of beers with him. We had this amazing, again, I'll go with the chicken sandwich. Uh, the, the good ones, like the buttermilk ones, like the, super. And when they're good, they're good. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just there. And I'm like, if I eat like shit during the week, I would feel like I couldn't go there and share a beer and I would have to like eat fish and do these things. But instead I go there, I have a normal meal and we just have a really good time. And that is a memory that I am never going to forget. That's the, not the first time I met his baby, but like after it's not, you know, after I can kind of move a little bit, I'm not saying like when they're super little, they're not real, but you know what I'm talking about? Like we can hold the baby, take pictures. We have them. It's a memory of my wife and I share, but you share that over breaking bread and having drinks. And I, I'm not going to worry about macros and calories and shit when I'm there. I'm just going to go fucking enjoy myself. And that's what makes you a real person. And you need to do that shit in your life. Now, you don't have to overly do it. You don't got to go crazy with it. Now, that's what most Americans do. And that's why we're in, obviously, the boat that we're in. But really just make it count. Because, again, the worst thing you can do is do the Taco Bell route and and really just gut through another week of hard training and, and perfect eating and then waste it on some stuff that isn't great. And that's... Side note, why when I was younger, people would be like, oh, we come over and eat this 
food with us, so-and-so's going to grow. And I'm like, well, so-and-so's not a great cook. And no, I don't want to waste my meal eating so-and-so's bullshit, so no, I'm going to skip that. But that's my own personal problems when I was a younger, younger man. And number 10, before I let you guys go, get away with as much as you can for as long as you can. And uh, I will segue this into something that has nothing to do with this podcast. This is a side note for everybody uh, listening. Live as cheap as you can, as long as you can. Because a lot of people are going to have a hard time downsizing and going backwards in their life. And I mean that with all sincerity. And I don't want to make this about finance or anything else. But I think if you can live as cheap as you can, as long as you can, it is going to save your life and is going to set you up for financial success for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however long you're going to be on this planet. And I mean that with all sincerity. That is what I have done in my personal life and it has changed the scope of everything that my wife and I are able to do. It has changed the scope of everything I've been able to buy and purchase and invest in at a very young age and be able to have more money and a higher net worth than a dumbass dude like me ever thought would be possible because I've lived as cheap as I can, as long as I can. And that goes for everything. And uh, I'm not telling you where to draw the line, but the example I always give, and I know you guys are probably sick of me talking about it, is as I look out in this parking lot right now and I see my 2008 Honda Accord still sitting there, which I will do a podcast on one day, that thing has changed my life in so many ways. And I am it probably the most excited I'll ever be to do a podcast when I actually do talk about it. But it's helped me live as cheap as I can, as long as I can. Because once that car's dead, I'll probably buy something new and I'll probably never go back to something that shitty again. Maybe I will, who knows. But uh, it's helped me change the game. And, and I do think that's very important for a lot of people to hear. So just live as cheap as you can, as long as you can. And I think it'd always be better to be fancier on the back end of your life than the front end of your life. Because there's nothing worse than flying first class for 30 years and then having to fly southwest seat 70c in the middle seat everywhere else you go for the rest of your life because it ruins you it really does so that is how i'm going to parallel this get away with as much as you can for as long as you can message because at 37 my cheat meals certainly aren't as ridiculous as they were when i was starting to have them in the early early days but I do still go hard as fuck when I do cheat meals. I really do enjoy myself and I indulge. And I push the limits, but not as crazy as I used to be. And I'll keep doing it as long as I can, knowing that uh, the window of flexibility closes with every single revolution around the sun. It really does. And what I mean is, I remember when I first got into this life and I started to become more of like a man. And I say like a man, like when you start to get man strength. Like if you ever look at my hands, if you see them on uh, YouTube, you can see they're thicker. And uh, they have these calluses and they're built up. They're like, they're what I call man hands. It's like when you're a young boy and you shake your dad's hand and you realize your dad can still kick the shit out of you because he has man strength and he has man hands and you got these little, you know, baby, you know, like rabbit paws still. And uh, and at some point you get man hands. And so around the time I got man hands uh, and man strength, probably like 20, probably like 27 or so, I remember like we would go you know, do events or shows or whatever it would be. And I would go to this place called Oregano's again. I'm going to reference a pizza place here. And I would go literally eat like two, like two large pizzas by myself. And uh, like a pizzuki, which is like the, the you've seen them, like the, the iron skillet, uh, like cookie. They bake like kind of almost half-baked cookie dough with ice cream on top of it and fudge and all that shit. And so I would eat like two full pizzas, drink like seven Diet Cokes, and uh, eat this pizzuki by myself and, and just literally 
feel like a complete bag of shit the whole next day. So obviously I don't go that hard anymore because I'm older and I can't get away with as much as I used to be able to. And that's the takeaway. That's what I'm driving at. And so you have to really understand how much flexibility you have genetically, age-wise, training-wise, what you can still get away with, you know, and still look and move and feel the way that you want to feel. And I don't know where to draw that line for you guys, but, you know, in in college I could drink 20 beers and, uh, you know, wake up the next day and uh, still be a functioning human. I can probably still drink 20 beers now, but I most certainly won't be a functioning human the next day. Um, and so you just have to know, you, you get away with as much as you can for as long as you can and understand that you are getting older and things are going to change and you're not going to be able to eat and drink the same shit that you used to years ago. And that just, you know, with, with age beco- comes wisdom, hopefully as you age, hopefully you get smarter and that's something you're going to have to learn along the way. And so you can still go crazy with it and eat the things that you enjoy and you like, and you can still cheat super hard and stuff, but man, uh, Probably not the same, you know, at 22 as it is at 32 and at 42 and 52 and 62 and beyond. So just keep that in mind, but get away as much as you can for, for as long as possible and uh, enjoy your life, man. And just really have fun with it and make make the cheats count. Be diligent about them and uh, enjoy life. But again, all of this has an asterisk by it. It only works if the other... 90% of the time or so you really have your shit together and you're really eating real food that are full of micronutrients that are serving you and making you feel good and making you feel healthy and you're being active and you're working out. If you're laying on your ass and skipping workouts and eating trash all throughout the week, then I don't think this is something that can benefit you. I, I really don't. But if you can put in the work and be diligent for your goals and what you want to do and you're feeling good and you're feeling great most days, then these would be like the top 10 kind of cheat meal damage control tips I think can help you navigate the world of healthy eating mixed with all the things that you still love that are probably not that great for you. But hey, you're a human being and you only get to live once, so fuck it. You might as well eat, you know, some french fries and cinnamon rolls and have a beer every now and then. So if you guys have any questions for me on this, hit me up. But again, just a great piece I thought I should share with you. Some of the stuff I've touched on before, but hopefully it, it paints a more clearer picture for you guys. And again, I'm a real human, but there's a lot of weeks where I might just eat, you know, one little thing that's not perfect for me. And there's some weeks where I might have, you know, two cheat meals. It really just depends. I really just gauge it off of what's going on in my life and how I feel and what I, I think is going to make me feel best. And I'm really not willing to you know, go out and drink so much where it ruins my whole next day, or I'm not willing to go out and eat something that really ruins my whole next day. I'm just not a fan of that. I'm not willing to give up time, but I am willing to, uh, you know, feel bloated for a couple hours for a really, really good pizza. I'm not going to do it for, you know, one of the frozen bullshit ones or one of the chain chain pizza places. I'm sure some of them are fine, but I just haven't been to one in so long. I really try to make it be epic. It, I make it become an event because I've, I'm dying for it all, all week, you know, and I want to enjoy myself just like all of you guys do. We're all real humans. We all like the same things. It's just some of us are, are able to delay gratification a little bit better than others. And some of us are really willing to just, you know, put in the work if they want to, you know, enjoy the prize at the end. So hopefully that helps. If you guys need something, hit me up. And if you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to the podcast app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a couple comments. Truly would appreciate it. And if you've got a friend or a family member who wants to learn a little bit more about 
eating habits or protocols or the crazy stuff that I do, share this with them. I think it can help more than you know. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We'll keep the videos coming here as well. And my next podcast will probably be, uh, I think, on Friday. We're going to get uh, Ben Novak on, who owns Spire Health Club. Ben uh, has worked with me in this business for years. I've worked with him on a bunch of corporate stuff. We've done many, many things together. We've traveled all over the place. Super cool dude, great business owner, great fitness professional. He has a great story. And so I'll bring him on to kind of ask him how gyms have been, how's it been running a gym in 2020? Uh, I think you probably can, uh, can gauge the answer, but he'll kind of share his take, his experience. He's a bigger dude and uh, he'll be able to share kind of his, you know, uh, fitness journey with you all as well. So if you guys need something before that, hit me up. And again, if you guys are interested in the Beam CBD products, whether it be the Tincture, the Balm, or the Dream product, which I've been taking a ton lately, hit me up. I'm happy to send you a link to get you 20% off everything on the site. It does help me sleep very well, and I do not feel hungover or lethargic. I have energy. That's why I can do all the stuff that I do. And uh, if you're really on the fence, I think we have some of the Dream. This somewhere around here. Monica will know. Uh, some of the dream packets, uh, we can send you uh, the caps and you can take them and see how the sleep is for you. And then you can make the call from there. But I'm happy to, anything I can do to get you guys a discount on stuff that we work with, that's the only way we work with people if they can heavily discount it for you. I, I make that in every agreement we do. And two, I try to get as much free shit as possible so I can send it to you to, to really try it up front. And I don't know a lot of other people who do that. In fact, I don't know anybody else who does that, but I am willing to do it because I know it's important. And I wish way back in the day somebody would have done it for me because it probably would have helped me, you know, be healthier and happier and not be such a dumbass uh, in my earlier life. So if I can give that back to you guys, I'm happy to do it. So have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Uh, And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.